Yeah, yeah, Rockefeller, we invite you to something epic, you know? Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today I am joined by Dion Baez, Global Marketing Manager at Facebook. Dion, thank you so much for coming on, man. Man, thank you for having me. I'm like super excited to be on. And uh... The feeling is mutual. The amount of people that hit me up before this that were like, yo, that guy changed my life. Like people were telling me how awesome you'd be before you even came on. Um, so you definitely stacked a lot of good karma. You've had a, a great career thus far. You worked with Uber. Um, you're now at Facebook. So uh, start from the beginning. You know, where, how did you get into this? How did you get into marketing? I know you went like you, like your boss, went to Harvard. You know, how did it all work out? What was your journey coming to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, um, so people see Facebook, they'll see like Uber, and they're like, oh wow, like of course, you know, like killing the game. Yeah, it's like, of course, you're, you're in. But like, uh, actually, so uh, I grew up in New York City from an, uh, from a very, very Dominican family, like super immigrant family. So I grew up like just around like wholesome family right. uh, from very humble beginnings. Like I'm talking about no indoor plumbing in the Dominican Republic type of beginnings. Wow. Uh, and great. so I think being in New York and being in the city just offered a lot of opportunities. And I don't think that that's exclusive just to New York. I think it was just like I was fortunate in that. Um, but I don't want people to think that like, oh, you started at Facebook, so you must have had the silver spoon, all the connections and everything else. And in fact, no, I think my journey is actually, uh, like very winding, accidental in some ways. Right. I feel mostly, the same way. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. Journey, yeah. Yeah, man. It's mostly hustle, man. Like if I had to put it to one, like it's been a lot of hustle of that and then picking up certain things and then, um, getting some lucky breaks, uh, and then putting in the work. Uh, but I don't want anybody to think like, oh, well, of course you start there and that's where you like that. You're kind of just ended up there. It's like, right. My journey in marketing actually would have, would have started back in high school when I was a DJ, um, and throwing my own parties and stuff. That's crazy. I was at the, I'm a DJ too, to this day. That's one of my main gigs is being a DJ. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I got my techniques and me and my boys. Uh, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Julian and Mike and, uh, later on Hamlet and Spinfo, we all were DJs and, I really got excited and when I got an opportunity to get paid for passing out flyers and I was a street team guy, first for like merengue bands and then <laughs> later uh, for a play called Que Mato Hector Lavo, which was about a Spanish singer and then about like a, a movie and then uh, working for my godbrother uh, and his band. So it was just a lot of passing out flyers and you learn a lot of things about doing stuff like that. Right. Uh, mainly about people and about showmanship and like energy. Yeah, yeah. Energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love so. That. And, and then there was something later on that I, I learned that I tied it back to, which was uh, TOE. This professor I had named David Shore and John Teopaco, they always talked about TOE, which stood for Transfer of Enthusiasm. And I, I always, that. yeah, me too, man. When That's I heard life. it, <laughs> yeah, when I heard it, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can curse, but like, I was like, no, can, yeah. I was like, oh shit, this like transfer of enthusiasm, this is the thing that I like to do. It seems weird that I get excited by getting people hyped up. But I, while I love being a DJ, I really love the reaction of the crowd and making people happy and excited about something that maybe I was excited about. For sure. And I remember like just being really into it, not having a name for it at the time. So I'm here DJing, I'm throwing parties and stuff. Some parties went really well, some like completely bombed. Um, Same. You know, yeah, and learning about it, right? And like, you know, licking my wounds. And then uh, two friends of mine started a skate company called uh, Be Unique and Company. And then they bought a skate park in Brooklyn. And I worked for them for free. Uh, 
but obviously got a lot from it. Uh, one, because they were my friends and I was really impressed by them. Two, because they were building something very special and it was like a proving ground for me to test different things. And I would go out and read guerrilla marketing books and say like, okay, like I, I wasn't born with like, oh, I know exactly what to do. So I would read a book like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to send press kits and I'm going to email them about like our new t-shirts, like and all types of weird shit that I just didn't really know, but I was kind of like faking it. Um, and that brought me, I guess, to my next lesson, which is like, you know, imitation and just trying shit out is sometimes like the best thing, right? Even if you're going to fail. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot out of that because it was a safe space. No one else knew what to do, including myself. Right. So I could just try stuff in this safe space and then see what the impact was. And when you started seeing like an editor going, yeah, I'll definitely tell that story or I'll definitely do this. It kind of like go crazy. Um, So again, like I did that with them and that company did, did fairly well. And, but at the same time I was like, well, I can't make a living doing this. So after college, uh, you know, I remember I got to go to Europe and I didn't have a lot of money, but I went to Europe and I, I got my student loan uh, invoice back. And I was like, oh shit, I got to pay my student loan back. So I came back from Europe and this temp agency I was working with was like, hey, we have this gig for you. You know, I know it's not what you studied. I studied history. Right. You know, I go to Europe and then this temp agency is like, hey, we have a job for you. And I'm like, uh, they're like, we want you to be a mascot, like dress up as a mascot. Oh and my I'm God. Like, I went to college like I got a degree like I didn't do that to make this and I was like no I'm not gonna do it and they were like well it'll pay like a hundred bucks you only work for like an hour so I was like give me the fucking I would already do it I would do that today (laughs) so so I was like oh well then give me the helmet so there I am at this event I I gotta send you the picture there I am at this event and I, I put the suit on and I'm about to put this helmet on and I start cracking up like oh my god I can't believe this is I'm doing this and I put the helmet on and I was awesome at it and I thought like this is going to be like beneath me or something. But at the, when I put the helmet on, I saw people smiling. I was doing like these funky dances. It really made me go like, no, I, I genuinely like like making people happy. And like this is a form of marketing. I wasn't thinking about it at that time, but I just kind of like thought it was real cool. And so I was this character named Maddie the dog uh, going to different <laughs> animal shelters and doing like red carpets and stuff. And uh, I was high. In yeah, I was high in demand. So just – you know, I, we, we started with like, oh, you're Facebook, but it's like, what if I, t- every time I've had a hire and some of the people that I think have said like, oh, that guy like, you know, did whatever. And I'm, I'm grateful for people saying stuff like that. I don't believe it, but like very happy that they say stuff like that. I always, whenever I have a hire or like a team, I'm like, this is actually what I do. Like what I, what I came from. It was like, I was Maddie the dog. Cause I just put the picture up and they're like, what the fuck is yeah, that? That's the first thing you said to me. You responded that you wanted to come on the, on the show and that you like, you were like, thanks for the compliment. It's crazy because I used to dress up like a dog <laughs> and I was like, I fucking love this guy. Like this, we're going to be best friends because that's like that. I feel like that humility is how you get to a place like where you are today. Well, because I, I, you're willing, like it's a hundred dollars. I'm not going to be irrational. This is a moment. I'm going to step into it. And I did that with DJing too. Like for the longest time I would do these crappy gigs and like all these bar gigs. And I was like, I don't know why. I just feel like there's this forward momentum. So I just guess I'll just keep doing it. And recently, I've been having all these great gigs and making a, a killing. I don't even have a job right now. I'm just straight up DJing, just doing weddings yeah. and stuff. But it's so crazy. It was like the humility to do all those bad things yeah. has given me the skill set that now I can thrive because I kind of paid my dues. I'm not, I'm not shocked that it's going well because yeah. I've been doing so much of it. And like yeah. work is work at the end of the day, right? It's like momentum. Yeah. I mean, the Beatles, you know, they were they were in the clubs. Yeah. They were in clubs for years right? Honing their craft and like, you know, their showmanship. 
uh, until they exploded. And that explosion happened very quickly. But it, like, and it looks like, oh, the Beatlemania happened immediately. But it was actually like during this time. So here I am, I'm this dog. And uh, I do that for a while. And I was really happy about that. Still doing parties, still helping my friends out with their companies and stuff. Helping my other creative friends out with their music. Um, but I ended up like getting a job at, at City Smith Barney, which became Morgan Stanley. And I was there during the crisis. And so what year I, was that? Just for some context. 2007, it was 2007, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, something like that. It was, it was right, right in 2000, like in 2008, I remember I was in the office and like everything is tanking. And the person who hired me was actually let go like two weeks later. She was a vice president. And like, it was very oh, jarring man. for a young person to come into that. Hell yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, all right, my ax is coming anytime soon. Cause like, whatever. But I, re- I forgot to realize that like, I got paid so little that they could keep me around doing all the work. Cause like, you know, like they could pay yeah, nothing. You were not in the bracket, right, right, right. Yeah, I wasn't in the bracket. It was like, oh, we got to cut some headcount. They were like, oh, we have Dion do X, Y, and Z. Um, and my job was really cold calling at the time, before I could get assigned to a team and like earn my spot. Like I just cold called, and um, I, I wasn't necessarily that great at it. Uh, but then I realized that if I made it a game, it would make me like kind of motivated to do it. So I realized that every hundred phone calls gets you roughly one lead right right um and then a thousand calls gets you a client so those were the base metrics that i and that's like my my first kind of like all right i'm working with numbers now so my game to myself was can i do better than a hundred leads real leads uh that means that the prospect was had like enough money and like was interested in talking to me would stay on the phone a certain amount of time um so after they were qualified so like can i beat one out of a hundred right and then make my and then be able to close more business right Uh, I love and so that. I did, yeah, so and then so I did that, and we were able to raise you know a good amount of money in a short amount of time, and we got recognized for it um, by this magazine, Financial Advisor Magazine. I'll have to send you the clip, but essentially what I did was I was like, all right, everybody's competing for people with money, and I was competing for people who were changing jobs because I just wanted to do four hundred one k rollovers. Um, <laughs> you're such a hustler, I could tell it. You're like smiling as you're saying this. You're just like your eyes light up when you talk about it. That's so cool, dude. Like finding, I think like what other people aren't looking at and try to make it into gold sometimes is better than like doing what everybody else does. Um, totally. And that leads me to my, that leads me to my next point. I was, there were people in my job who were doing very well, making a lot of money and stuff, not even about the money. They were just doing well and they were happy. And I was not like having a good time. It was a, not cause it was 2008 and everything was crashing. But after two years there, I was like, this isn't me. It's just not who I am. Right. Um, and so I left and you know, went back to like doing various gigs and stuff and working on like a bunch of stuff. And then I started like really taking, I was a terrible undergrad student, by the way, like I didn't do well. I, I, I did very, very well then, uh, had a tragedy and then like didn't do well after that. So I went back to school. So I went to, that? yeah, I went, I went to Baruch and took some classes. Um, and that, and that led me to one thing, which is like, man, I really wish I didn't go to a private school, man. I really wish I went to a public school just for loans and stuff. And I had yeah. a great education at Baruch and I learned this one lesson there, which was like, be a hedgehog. Um, and I learned that from this really awesome professor there. And what that meant was like the hedgehog has been around for millions of years. It does one thing very, very, very well, which is like when it gets attacked and like the, the bricks come out, right? Right. It was like, that's how you can like really like do something. If you do something very, very well, um, you've got a future in something. So I, I, for me, like every lesson I've had always comes from like these, these moments, right? If you told me, if you asked me like what happened in the rest of the classes, I'm like, I actually don't know. I remember one thing and that was like be a hedgehog. From finance, it was there's a game of numbers and that can be beat. You can play it and win. Um, and then from being a dog, it's like hustle, right? It's like right. you never know. 
right? And, and it was like, I like getting people excited about things, the transfer of enthusiasm. Um, and so to, to, to kind of get that, that like tattooed on me, that transfer of enthusiasm, that's like literally the story of my life. That's so crazy. I'm you so know, happy you said me, that. Man. I'm telling, as soon as I heard, I was in the class and I was like, oh, shit. that's it. That's it. That's the thing. And yeah. so I, I wanted to learn how to, I was doing marketing and I remember my friend, Mike, he got this TV truck that his dad's partner had purchased and we were driving around his TV truck and I was selling ads on the TV truck. That's Literally so a big truck with ads. I had no idea what I was doing. And I was going pitching agencies that they should hire us to like do this stuff and get impressions. I didn't know what any of this meant, but I'm like selling it, trying to sell it because I was applying to jobs and stuff like marketing jobs and like nobody, no, I could not get an email back at all. Right. And so I'm like, shit, like, I think I know what I'm doing, but I just didn't have the right things. I didn't go to NYU, like Fordham's a good school and everything. But like, I didn't even study marketing. Uh, I didn't have like crazy connections. And it's just like, my story was off. Like, I don't understand you were in finance and now you want to go to marketing. And like, we used to be with the skate company. Like it just, again, like the story didn't make a lot of sense. And, and the way I was framing it and crafting, it didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I see scavenger on Craigslist looking for like these, you know, marketing associates or whatever. It's like, it's an internship, but it's paid. So I'm like, cool. I get to learn from this. And I do more research on this company and this guy, Seth, He's a young 23-year-old, like Princeton dropout or whatever, and he started this company, got money from Google, um, and he had like this whole idea of like game, gamifying marketing. He had this right. whole idea of gamifying marketing, um, which I was like obsessed with. Like, what do you mean gamifying? I did a little bit more research on that. I'm like, oh shit, like game dynamics and marketing. This is this might be something on the like new and like I'll be on the cusp of it if I can learn from this guy. Right. And so it wasn't like. I came in, I remember like I was the oldest person there. I was like in my mid late twenties, but I was like, I'm the oldest person here, but he's really, really young. And I didn't care. I was like, this guy's doing something very, very different. He's like his vocabulary, the way he thinks is so different than what everything I've ever thought about. And it was so methodical and using numbers to figure out what things were working and what things weren't that I was like, yeah, I think I'm in the right place. I remember I was making a lot of money. I was making no money. And I, but I, I thought I was in the right place for the first time, right? I made a lot more money in finance, but I was like, no, I'm, I'm in the right place. I would look to my left and my right in finance and I'd look at people and they were like in it and they were happy. Like this is what they wanted to do. And I'm like, this isn't, I'm not that. I'm never going to reach like the top of the, I'm not even, I don't even care about reaching the top of this thing because I don't care about this thing. And that's not but, where your enthusiasm lies, right? Exactly. right, right yeah. Here I am now at Scavenger and they're talking about like closing door theory and like engagement and extinction and like all these and like reward, like all these different game of game, like mechanic, like principles and stuff about marketing, getting people to do stuff in the real world based on like these theories. And, and I was just like amazed, right? Like I got $10 in my pocket for the week maybe. And like, I'm like, <laughs> yes, like this is amazing. I'm in the right place. And I worked there for a while learning basically like how data drives marketing decisions. Right. And then how to tell like how to tell stories through marketing. But really with them, it was mostly about like, hey, data is going to allow us to make better marketing decisions. And through that, we'll be able to transfer like enthusiasm. They didn't say those words. But yeah. the way I think it was this. And, and this is kind of like what I've realized since then is like storytelling to me is like that's the thing that I love the most. Everything you see, whether it's Photoshop or Facebook ads or whatever, right? These channels that you use are mm -hmm. all just ways to tell the story. They're all just like things that facilitate the storytelling. Yes. Um, so, and 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 being at Scavenger, like I think it was such an important thing for me. One, like I realized like what I love, which was working in teams of people and like being in certain like free environments where you can think about stuff. 
Two was like, I really loved about the idea of like just getting people excited. In Scavenger's case, it was about like this game product they had and also about like this payment platform that they had, which was like for restaurants and giving people free food. And I just thought that was really, really cool. So I, I, I finished up at uh, Scavenger and I'm applying to jobs, traditional jobs. I'm getting more looks now, but it's nothing really super exciting. And Scavenger had left this space where they were doing like these special like game uh, lead generation, like game tactics. Basically, they would put up a prize in a city and they say, hey, this car is in your city and you can log on to play this game and you can win the car like on this day. Right. And what it would do was, one, it would create excitement over the car product. At, at this point, uh, it was like various companies, like the Chevy Sonic at the time, when that first released. Right. We ran across the country. So I was flying across the country, giving away cars to people. It was like fucking amazing. Was amazing <laughs> stuff, right? You got to away. see when they found it too. Like you got to be like, here's your new car. Yeah, yeah. So we there's it's a big scavenger hunt that's through the scavenger app. Um, at the same time that like you know we're sending we're making people like in this game they're really running around the city and you're seeing this. And you're like, oh my God, like technology is making all these people move to these places, learn about the car, answer questions about the car. Chevy was ecstatic about it. And, you know, here I am like- That's an awesome case study right there, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And so we're giving away cars, generating leads and impressions and all types of awesome things for Chevy and being really interactive for them. And it's all being done through this app. So I'm like, all right, this is a game changer. Scavenger decided to pivot to their other product called Level Up, and they left that Scavenger product alone. So I said, man, maybe I can do this on my own. I didn't have like great offers coming up, and so I was like, man, maybe I can do this. So I remember last year my master's, I was like, I think – or last few, last few months of my master's, I was like, I think I can And that was build- in Harvard, right? Your master's in Harvard? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I did my, my master's through the continuing program at Harvard, yep. Okay, yeah. Um, and so I, I'm literally – thinking about how do I build, like, I, I was like, I think I can do this. I think I can do this on my own. They're not in this business anymore. I think I can do this, but I don't, I don't have the technical expertise to build this thing out. I don't have funds like that. Uh, I don't even have a real client base <laughs> to even like <laughs> this thing out. And I remember like, I was like, I remember having a conversation with someone. I was like, I think I can do this. And I ended up, you know, just saying like, all right, let me just call a hundred people and see like, if, Hey, if I could bring this to your market, to your business, like, would you sign up? And I got enough like soft yeses that I was like, all right, let me do it. So I took my credit card out. I made a bunch of cold calls. One of them was to this gentleman named Bob Bentz. I made a calls to everybody, like, hey, can you help me build this? These were all like providers of like telecom services because right. I needed like this to help me. I needed like the, a data plan and bandwidth and stuff to help me build this thing out. Right. And I called this guy Bob. Bob made his money uh, through ringtones. Uh, and then before that through Hulk Hogan calling you on your birthday, like a 1-800 number <laughs> calling you on your birthday. And so I was like, that's hustle remember, right there. That's real that's hustle, hustle and grit. Much credit to Bob because I pitched a lot of companies. There was one of the companies that was really interested as well. And I think they made a little bit better of a deal, which was like, we'll help build this for you and you buy the stuff from us. Right? Like I paid for the build out at cost and then I would just have to remain with them as their provider, like who was selling me data. Anyway, that's crazy though. That's a big risk. It's a huge, yeah, it's a risk. And so I took out my credit card, paid 10 G's, man. I didn't even have 10 G's. I put 10 G's on my credit card. <gasps> and I'm like, let's build this. I thought I was getting crazy putting like two. Oh my God, <laughs> 10 is a lot. Damn, I put son. I in there for a business, didn't even know. And, but I had enough soft yeses where I was like, if I could just sell two or three, I'll make my money back. Obviously Bob was in it to like do even more business, which I was like, hey, and I was hoping to do more as well. But I was like, at least I can cover this. I paid Bob for his time. 
Um, hopefully we can make some money together. And just to show you, the person who recognized like the opportunity was someone who had made their money with Hulk Hogan calling people on their birthdays, right? It was like real recognizes real. That's right. the lesson. Yeah. Which was like, this guy did, didn't have to talk to me. Um, and then when I, and everybody said no to me, finally one other person said, hey, like actually we'd like to talk to you again. But because I knew Bob's story, right? There's that story thing again. Because I knew his story, I went with him. Uh, and we built this thing out and we were doing these events all over the place. But at first it wasn't working, man. I was dead broke eating Wendy's 99 cent meals. Wow. Here I am. I got a master's. I'm like, what have I done? I should have just taken a fucking job. And I remember going. And how old were you at this time? I'm like 20. I'm like in my late 20s now <laughs> at this point. Like, so like 20s, Cause I'm 27. I'm just trying to figure out where, where. Yeah. You yeah. Were, right around there. I was right. Yeah. Right around there. Yeah. Right around there at Wendy's. Like I couldn't even get like the spicy chicken sandwich, man. I, I remember it was always the nuggets. The spicy chicken with- sandwich is good, yeah. That's a that's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> but and at the time, <laughs> it's like filet mignon, man. At the time, I'm like, I can't, I can't do. So yeah. I, I'm literally like, and and what I realized was the lead time for the customer decision making was a lot. I didn't anticipate like how much it would take, right? Like I, it was a seasonal thing. These contests that I would put on, and I was working in jewelry at this time, so I'm giving away diamonds. And I didn't realize like it was seasonal one and two, like the lead time you need when like funds are earmarked beginning of the year. Um, And so the lead time you need for the customer to make like uh, a decision, I didn't anticipate it. So like, I thought like, all right, I got some clients coming in and all the soft yeses when you actually ask for the clothes and ask for payment become like, oh, well, let me, you know. Yeah, like 95% of them say no. I realized that in my own freelance stuff recently. Don't ever bank that you're going to make rent on soft yeses ever trust me i learned that lesson real quick <laughs> sorry you're like you're like bringing stuff up that i've thought about like getting fucked oh, i'm thinking about it now i'm i'm back to like putting myself in wendy's again like i remember like it was almost like what am i doing defeat but i just kept going and um finally like it started it started working out but i, I remember like i didn't know a lot of things about business at the time like tax structure or like having a bookkeeper or even how to build like wordpress sites and like how to even like build a form like People were like, hey, what's your website? My website was terrible. And I was like, oh, man, I got to like learn how to do all this stuff. And I and I, I I reached out to people that I thought would help me because they were already doing this stuff. And I realized that maybe my pitch wasn't good enough. Maybe they were really busy on their own. But um, when you have momentum, it's a lot easier. Um, I think you got to get people to be your advocate. They have to have a reason why. Whether it's, it might be financial, but it's not financial, like something altruistic. Just remind them of the story and how they could play into it. And even then, you are going to be surprised when people just shut you down and you're going to be like, I can't believe it. I could have sworn it was going to be a yes from them and it's not. And right. it's kind of disheartening. I'm appreciative of everybody who said no to me because it made me like do so much better later on. And I remember at the time, like my motivation was like, I'm going to shit on these people. Yeah. And, That's and, always been my thing. I'm so like ridiculous about it. <laughs> like I, I still am like trying to get back for like the first recruiters who like didn't call me back. That's like what this is all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same, same. Even now, like it's like it's and then after a while I realized that that's not good enough because when you when you hit that thing, you go, that's so petty, it doesn't mean anything anymore. So for me it was like I changed my narrative from like I'm gonna get them back or like fuck them or whatever to like they're part of my story. They make right. it more interesting, right? Like this podcast like is more interesting because of everything you've gone through, because those recruiters said no. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the same time it's like I go back and do a case study of myself. Like if I was a recruiter, would I have said yes? And I have to be honest, like, no, I wouldn't have said yes. Oh yeah, that's the best feeling. That's the best part about (laughs) about getting getting older is that they were all totally right. And I I remember thinking like they were like terrible people. No, I I just, I just, 
I I was a subpar <laughs> candidate, candidate right? like, period. Same, same. I was like, I'm not like, you know, I didn't demonstrate anything. I didn't tell my story the right way. And I didn't improve my odds. I didn't play that numbers game. With, like, it takes they have like a year or two, though, sometimes for you to realize, though. You know what I mean? Sometimes oh, takes- you need, like, you need to get really good to, like, I feel like as a photographer, I needed to get to a certain point where I was good enough that I could realize that I sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I think, like, the more I've taken that approach, like, the more blessings that come. Like, I genuinely am really happy. Like, recently, one of my friends, uh, Kareem Blair, he used to run a company called Lamar and Dolly. He's now like a design over at Nike. And when I saw him get that job, like I was so, I was happy as if I got it, right? Like, you know, or when I see like someone, one of my coworkers, Fadia, you know, get mentioned in Billboard as like this powerhouse of music. Like I genuinely, I feel like it happens to me because uh, I genuinely love people winning. And I, I I think I liked people winning before, but I definitely was like, oh man, I want to win. Um, and I still do. But now like I celebrate these people as if it were me. Um, and so it was really tough at the time, man. So after Wendy's, like I finally started getting calls back. Website was fixed and all the stuff on my own. And all of a sudden I, it's a success. And I get a call now from Uber who is launching in Miami. Uber launches in Miami and they're like, you know, like this is like the initial launch, like with like Travis, like the, like an initial, like there's still like Silicon Valley, not, not the Uber that people know today or are they pretty established by this point? So this is 2000. So they first tried to launch in 2013 and had to leave the market, right. um, just like regulation. And so that was the famous Miami trip. Where it was about 300 employees at Uber at the time. Wow. And 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 uh, this is not. I didn't join then. I so a year later they reintroduced the market. This guy by the name of Kazra Moshkani, an amazing manager, uh, just one of the smartest people I've ever met. He, uh, you know, he he's he's now the GM and he's launching relaunching Miami. He's got this scrappy ass team, mind you, like. I'm interested because here's here's the craziest part, man. Had I applied to Uber, maybe, maybe at Uber because it was such a fledgling company, like it was so new, I might have gotten an interview there. But here I am, like a tech company who's like making a lot of waves is calling me at the moment that I could care less about joining a company. Yes, because it always making, happens when you can care less. I've because now, like, times. I'm I'm winning. Like you know, my my company's doing well. I started a second company doing SEO and WordPress sites for small businesses and stuff. I always wanted I wanted a recurring revenue business. Yes, and that was like I made a good amount of money, more than I would have made at Uber. But I thought about it for more of a long term thing. And then one of the things that I learned at in, in school was uh, you got to learn the difference between a product and a business, right? Mm-hmm. And my my thing, those games I was doing was a product. Um, and I could have made a little bit more, but four or five years from now, um, it was like, this thing is not going to last. And so again, I saw another opportunity just I had with scavengers, like go in and learn how this company, right. That had taken this gypsy cab model and basically blew it out the water to be valued a billion dollars. Go learn how they did that. Right. Right. Cause whatever yeah, be, you be to... close to the sun. Yeah. yeah. I'm huge on that. Yeah. But whatever I'm here today, actually. That's it's, it's amazing. And like you're a genius. It's like I get to soak up all this these learnings and what people failed at and messed up or did well, and like I get to consolidate it not only for your listeners, which is amazing, but yeah. for yourself. Oh um, yeah, it's weird. It's like people are like, this is like some altruistic thing. I'm like, yo, do you understand that I'm getting the opportunity to talk to people who are my like you know like I don't even know them, but they're my heroes, and it's dude. just so cool because it's like a Trojan horse. I tell everyone I know because all my yeah. friends are like, I don't know, you have a podcast. So I'm like, you make a podcast, man. Go out there and talk to people. Like, yeah, it's, you can it's use crazy. it as a vehicle, and then you'll it's get to talk crazy. to whoever you want. 
it's real case studies. You get to learn from like all these people, all this stuff that basically I'm telling you a journey. Like we just spent 20, 30 minutes talking about a journey that's like X amount of years and a lot of Wendy's chicken nuggets, right? And like a lot right. of pain. And you get to like soak that up in like 10 minutes. So and what's deep. crazy is that there are creators out there who are listening to this podcast right now and are eating dollar slices and living that same life and yeah. like making like two hour long commutes or they listen to this like after they just got fired. It's just like, I just want to prove to people that like, no matter what happens, you're going to get knocked, knocked off the horse, but you have the ability to reach out to anyone and people are people. And oh. the only thing that stands in the way is, is yourself from reaching out like we're doing right yeah. now, you know? And, and it's dark, man. It's, I'm not going to like, I don't want to like make it like, oh yeah, it's rosy. Like I was eating nuggets and it's cool. No, it's dark. It's dark as fuck. Yeah. I got I so depressed so many times. Yeah. Depressed, questioned everything. And like as bad as it's been, I was exactly there. And I, I, I work sometimes when I'm tired, I remind myself of what that was like. And I see Wendy's and I, I like Wendy's. chicken nuggets again, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually in a long time, but I mean, but th the truth is the one thing that I, now I'm like, I can do it if I had to again, right? So I'm not as fearful. Right. Uh, yeah, now you have the skills. It gets a little bit less scary once you have that skill set. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so here I am, like, I've got like this opportunity to go to Uber. Uh, they send me like the salary and I was like, I mean, more than that already on my own business, right? After going through this terrible thing. And I remember like, I used to wear these sneakers with a hole in it because it would remind me like of like when like... You know, I, I was trying to build this business and I didn't have shit. And now here's Uber contacting me. And I was like, oh, my God, it's only when I was doing my own thing. And and the, the truth is, like, it wasn't any like I remember I, in, during the interview process for Uber, he was like, well, pitch us, you know, a company that you think is interesting. And he goes away and I literally start building a Web page, an email newsletter, all these assets. Right. But before we can get back in like 45 minutes and he comes into the room, I didn't get to finish. So I pitched whatever business it was. It was hourly nerd. Um, this guy Brad started over at HBS and he walks in, he's like, what's that on the screen? I was like, oh, this is, I was going to build an email campaign, like a mock email campaign, a mock, like, you know, landing page, like flat landing, all, all this stuff. And because I had been able to do that on my own, remind you, remind, remind you, like, cause you had to do it. Right. You had to do I it on your own anyway. I started my company. I didn't know how to do any of that. Right. I had to like learn. I YouTube, Udemy, like free courses, $10 courses, like. I did all that. Whoever like tries to play that stuff and thinks you have to go to school or go to Harvard or anywhere, it's BS, man. You can learn all that stuff on your own. Hell yeah. Like a lot of it, a lot of it, and add tremendous value to an organization or to your own projects. Exactly. But here I am, and I could see him like get excited, like, "All right, cool." A few weeks later, I get a call and saying, "Like, we'd love for you to join Uber." Um, joined Uber, and it was you would think like crazy office. It's gonna be amazing. It was us in a, a room and not even in a room we didn't even pay for an office we had a shared workspace with a bunch of other companies and we didn't even have offices we shared like the open desk area oh my god i know i worked at a place like that i know exactly what you mean that's crazy but everyone is like aren't you guys like the hot company now and all these other companies in my area like, aren't you guys the hot company now and i'm like yeah man we still are and uh one of my first jobs was learning from like i got to learn from uh, some of the ogs that built uber and that company was really built on hustle, man. Mm -hmm. And which is one of the things I will I will tell, like, especially creators that want to get into like bigger companies and they can't break into like, I want to go to Procter and Gamble. It's like the truth is, um, whatever lack you may have in technical ability or like resume stuff, a startup environment, like like really forgives that, right? It, right. It, they're like, okay, that's cool, whatever. Can you do this? Right. Great, right? Like, cause they just need hand, all hands on deck to do something. So, so there I am at Uber, 
doing all types of stuff. Mainly like I, because of DJing, right? I'm, I am because of throwing my own parties and knowing bar limits and how to talk to club managers and all that, I'm able to work partnerships now with Nightlife. No one else on my team has that familiarity with this kind of persona. So I had relationships already with these folks that I was able to tap into. I would contact people in New York and saying, hey, you know that club here in Miami? Can you introduce me to that person? Like a promoter would introduce me to a promoter. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it just led me to meet a lot of people in nightlife. And the thing about Uber in Miami is nightlife is a huge component of when people take trips. So it's very important. So right there, like my DJing little gigs and crappy things and working with shady promoters and all the shit that I was doing when I was younger. And the general public too is huge, yeah. Now, but now years later, I'm helping Uber, this conglomerate, like this huge company, this budding company, close deals because of what I was doing when I was carrying my own crates. Yes. Right? It's like full circle, like, oh my God, like my coworkers can't do that. Not that they can't, but it's like the learning curve is weird. These personalities are weird. They don't know why, what matters to my partner, right? I know what matters to my partner. I know the bar matters to my partner. I know that if people don't drive, to the club, they are probably, and they got a free ride to get to the club because we were giving out free promo codes. They would spend more money at the bar. And so that yeah, was that's awesome. my clubs, right? So the bar guarantees and the bar, uh, like the bar revenue would go up potentially. We have an impact there. Not only that, people go home safe and sound. Everything's great, great experience. So yeah, Uber is the get- best. Uber makes like crazy wild nights. You just get in an Uber and you get back and you're like, whoa, man. I just yeah. partied like I like like it was the end of the world. Yeah, I got a safe ride home. Yeah, and it was seven dollars. Yeah, we out. Yeah, so what are we so doing tomorrow night. That's a gr- <laughs> that's a great pitch, great story, perfect. That should and be a commercial right there. You guys, that one's free. That one's free. All right, let them know. <laughs> I'm not there anymore. Otherwise, I'd hit you with some codes. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, and then another example of that of that kind of coming to fruition was like, as, as believe it or not, the thing that I was probably besides work, I worked with nightclubs and 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 hotels. Um, working with influencers was a big one too. I was able to like connect with certain influencers that I knew would be big, even if they weren't big at the time. And there was one in Miami that I would look that I met specifically, and that was Baller Alert. Um, and at the time, Baller Alert had maybe like two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand like subscribers. But I knew that in like the urban sphere, like she would be very big, and she lived in Miami. Uh, and I, you got to meet her because now she has like six million. She has a whole entire empire. The way she started was incredible. We hit it off, and I had a partnership with her, and then met a bunch of other awesome folks like Kelvin with the deer, um, who I told you about earlier. Like yeah. just people that I knew. Like no one's looking at these folks. I'm going to be able to partner with these folks, and then we'll be able to do stuff later yeah. on. And we blew that out the water. Codes were shared like crazy, which made me feel great. People getting home safely. People got free rides. Our affiliates got paid well, which is great. Um, and so learning how to deal with people, like being in clubs and talking to celebrities. You know, when a promoter like booked them and like, you know, working with various folks and talent because I was the band boy and like passing out flyers and everything. I was able to talk to these people in like a way that just was very familiar with them and helped close partnerships. Again, something from my past and my brother, Jose, always reminds me of this. He was like, all the stuff that you think was ridiculous that you did when you were younger is actually what you're doing now. is on a different scale. Yep. I feel and the I exact same way. The biggest example that were the, the, the two biggest ones. Uh, one passing out flyers, which we talked about when we started. I got known as like the guy who had like the, I, I eventually at Uber created the biggest brand ambassador program in the company in the world for Uber. Um, and I'm not saying that because like, oh, I did it. Like I helped mold it. The people who were actually out in the streets passing out these flyers. How do you mean are, exactly brand ambassador? I'm not exactly sure what that means. Perfect, man. See, it's important you- to ask people. You got to be humble. And I can pretend I didn't know, but I don't know. 
No, always that. I got I got a real big lesson. I was in an interview one time. And somebody was like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I was like, yeah. And then he referenced it again later. Uh, and he was like, you don't know what I'm talking about. I was like, I'm sorry. And then he was like, don't ever do that again. It was so serious and scary that I was like, I'm never doing that shit again. I'm <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. Tell me real quick. Because I was so traumatized by that happening to me. Yeah. And, I'm, and people like to tell you. So yeah, brand ambassador. Here we go. Vocab. Brand ambassadors for Uber, they're different everywhere, but this was really like a field marketing uh, initiative that we ran. What you realize is that in certain markets, first adopters, they learn about things through paid social. They learn about it through uh, paid channels, SEO, right? Just like whatever, right? They're, promoted they're posts hit. on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Promoted <laughs> posts on Facebook. Yeah, thanks for the plug. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> they learn about things in like these very technological scaled ways, right? And like you might be a first adopter, like, oh, this is a new app. I'm going to download this new app. Most people are not really like that. No. And so after you get that wave of people that like do it because it's like their friends shared a code or they saw it online, you've got to actually do some kind of explaining to folks. Mm -hmm. And in the case of Uber, there's nothing like leaving a concert. There's nothing like being stranded on South Beach. There's nothing like, you know, uh, being leaving a club or not, you know, being drunk and can't drive. Uh, there's nothing like that. And then receiving a flyer at that exact moment where you say, here's a free ride. That's right? awesome. Right? So it was like, let's find these opportunities where there's like a critical mass of people passing us. Let's find really like, like really hungry, hustle-minded individuals that can pass out a lot of flyers and let's arm them with certain things like KPIs, like key performance indicators, right? It's like hand out this many cards. Let's identify how many people to actually need to pass them because there's a certain conversion rate of how many people actually take the flyer, how many people apply the code, and then how many people actually take a first trip. Which is the exact same principle from when you first started when you were doing the phone calls and you knew that you had one in a hundred or one in a thousand. And That's so fucking crazy, man. This is amazing. This is the best podcast ever. So we, we, <laughs> we made, we, we turned like these brand ambassadors who were already handing out flyers and stuff. And uh, I remember we tested a lot of stuff. So one thing I'll say is like for any marketer creative out there, just test a lot of shit. Just make sure that the test that you run fail fast. And that's another principle that I, I want creators to know is like, try something with all your might, try to cover your bases and then fail fast. Uh, some people call them sprints. Like at Google, they call them sprints. Like I'm gonna give myself five days, first two days of planning, then execution, whatever. And then a recap day. But I did all these tests with brand ambassadors. I had them going into buildings and putting flyers on the doors, like all types of stuff that I was doing when I was with Mike and we were a street team. And um, they all failed. Dude, they all failed, but I didn't spend as much money. What I would do is I'd make these tests. I'm like, I'm going to spend this much money to try this thing out, and so we'll see what happens. And I would check the codes. They all failed. One day, this kid Sebastian comes in, and he has like 20 new riders. I'm like, whoa, how did you do that? And he was like, oh, I just passed out flyers over here. And I was like, tell me everything. And I right. downloaded everything he said. And he was like, I passed it out. And instead of saying the whole pitch that Uber used to tell us to say, I decided that I would just say free Uber. And I was like... Okay, so I'm writing all this down. I then take a pack of cards myself and I go with him and I'm like, show me everything. And I start doing it myself. And then from there, we start realizing like, okay, I need at least 300 people walking by me an hour to pass out this many flyers. And then I started looking at the data on the back end. And, I, and then from like this kid, Sebastian, who wants to be a park ranger, who's just passing out flyers to make extra money, <laughs> I basically built this model. Yeah. And this is like the scavenger, like my own business coming into it. Here's the hustle side of it. He's me, right? Here's my experience, like in making this model. And then like, here's the scale at which we need to be, which is like the end result of what we were able to design, which was like, this kid, Sebastian taught me something that I saw myself. We built this model out, this whole process out. 
And all of a sudden from Sebastian, we had 300 kids doing this, 300 people doing this. And what if I told you that we went from Sebastian making 12, 14 dollars an hour to someone named Marcel who was making 100? I mean, Marcel Black is probably the most amazing brand ambassador meeting in your life. I think his biggest check, if I, I, Marcel didn't kill me, was 6K in one week passing out flyers for Uber. That's crazy. <laughs> I shit you not. And every week, I would just like laugh to myself and just go nuts, put my hand up. And I'm just like, I can't believe we're paying this guy this much. But he was earning that money. People were actually taking those trips. He was out there enthused. He was I gotta out meet there. this guy. I want to have him on the podcast. You gotta meet him, man. He's amazing. Marcel Black literally had a drum, would stand on top of a thing outside of like concerts, and he's like, "Free Uber!" Would have a drum and like a, a noise blower, and just pass out a million cards. Him, this kid Matt, uh, Lily. Oh, like, so like when it gets out, when the concert gets out, he'd be like the guy outside. Yo, that's genius. I love that. It's genius. And then he's just picking up commission, dude. This was a commission job, and he's making. He's an actor, right? And so he just had this side hustle. And I would always tell like brand ambassadors, like, I, this is not your job. Either you want to work at Uber or you want to do something else. My job is to build this program so that you can make enough money to do whatever the hell you want to do later on. Right. Uh, and so that was always like my thing. Um, so it looked like madness. Uh, it looked like a bunch of people just passing out flyers. But we were literally getting thousands and thousands and thousands of riders. And we became the largest one in the world. And now we're sharing our learnings with Miami. And then I, I ended up going to, to Vegas because Lyft had a very aggressive marketing campaign too. At Uber, like we built, so we have the nightlife and hotels. We got that locked down. We've got a great affiliate program. And by the way, like that team that I had, uh, that marketing team and the operations team I had at Uber and each team later on, some of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. And I knew they were special shit. And that, that brings me to that guy, Kazra. The one thing I will say about working with that guy was I learned like talent can come in many different forms. And he, if you, if you met him, you'd be like, oh, he's going to hire the former McKinsey person, the former BCG, you know, Stanford, this, this, and this. He hired people like that from like business owners to people who worked at like traditional companies to just like people who were just fucking weird and had no business being in like in a room together. And <laughs> that made us really special. And Miami became one of the biggest markets for Uber because of that. And so I always give that guy a uh, shout out to Casual, Casual, if you're listening. Uh, Shout out to you, man, because he's just one of an amazing listener uh, and a great leader. He's still there. He's now a bigger boss over at Uber. Nice. Um, everybody who, yeah, everybody who I worked with ended up running like companies. They're either the head of analytics for like a billion dollar company, or they're running Europe right now, like for Lime. Uh, they're doing all type, or they're like heading up uh, Andrew Gillum's, like you know now recount. Like they're doing all types of crazy stuff, and it's just like I'm not surprised by it. Yeah. Um, we built some awesome stuff at Uber. You know, I was able to do a lot of cool, cool stuff. I, I switched over to growth at, at Uber. did that for a little bit. And then I got this call one day from a recruiter. Again, I'm not even going to say Mark Zuckerberg. I was like, damn it. That'd be awesome, <laughs> right? Like, no, no, no. Definitely didn't call me. Uh, <laughs> but a recruiter called me. Funny enough, uh, it was someone that I tried to get a job at Uber. Um, and I didn't know this until later. He goes to me, he's like, yo, I'm surprised you took the job, man, here at Facebook. And I was like, why? He was like, well, I told him that you had just, you know, switched roles at Uber and you were doing, you know, I knew you were doing your thing. You're doing really well there. So, and he was like, but I gave him your email anyway. Someone that I had tried to help a year earlier get a job at Uber ended up getting a job at Facebook. And they're the ones who gave the recruiter my email when the recruiter asked about me. What was, so, he, what was he doing at Facebook at that time? Uh, right now, he's actually like, man, doing really well. He leads his whole, whole like a big team here doing uh, channel marketing. So like, like like scaled outreach stuff for like the media partnerships team. And he's like leading his own team here. That's incredible. Uh, Stony Brook guy, like, you know, from the Bronx, like nice. 
Yeah, yeah, man. Just like a really humble, nice dude. And just goes to show you that like, you just never know, man. Treat people with respect. Like, be humble. Even if they treat you like crap, like, don't change yourself. And, like, you know, you never know. You just never freaking know. And I didn't know that story until three, four months after I started at Facebook. He didn't even tell me about that. That's crazy. I never even knew how Facebook got my email address. You know, they they said, they they phrased it as a challenge. They were like, hey, we have this we have this charitable giving thing on Facebook. We're trying to grow the amount of money that charities raise on Facebook. We need someone with outside weird ideas. I had posted about some of the weird ideas, brand ambassadors. We opened retail shops at Uber to get drivers and like all types of weird schemes in the way I was thinking about it. And they were like, it caught someone's eye that you think about things in a weird way. They challenged me with this whole thing of like, would you be interested in coming to Facebook? So I'm like, oh my God, I've been listening to this guy, Alex Schultz, talk about growth. I, you know, am a huge fan of like Facebook. Like this is another level. Right. And I had an interview with the guy here and I was like, how would you tackle this problem? And I just started going off on like weird ideas that I think could scale. Um, some of them worked when I implemented them. Some of them didn't. But just the thought process was really good. But it's and testing, like you said, right? Yeah, it was a challenge, man. It was like, hey, you know, we need some weird ideas. We don't want the traditional background because we don't think that's going to work for the industry that I'm targeting now, which is nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to know someone who works with industries or people that are not scalable and then making like scaled initiatives for them to get them to do something. Right. So let's get them. Let's get people to do something. And the best part about the thing that closed it for me was, by the way, Facebook doesn't is likely at the time it was like still debated, but we're not going to take fees when people raise money on Facebook. So I'm like, okay. Damn. So yeah. So I get to like, wait, did you come up with the birthday thing? No, I did not. Who did? did We should give them credit. I feel like, I don't know if you know it offhand, but the product team came up with, there's a collective unit that came up with the birthday thing, but that birthday thing is a huge, 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 like winner for millions, millions of dollars, billions of dollars. It's, it's gotta be the millions, right? Stay tuned. But, uh, (laughs) it's, it's making a big impact. I think like, even if it's, millions or whatever the number is like nonprofits are benefiting from it and no money none of that money goes to facebook all that money 100 percent goes to the nonprofit itself so if you raise 100 bucks for aspca aspca is getting 100 dollars. and so with that in mind i was like dion take all the crazy shit you've done all the weird stuff your experience at uber like you want to help people and it's like you know and by the way the better you do the more money that these organizations make and we don't make any money off of it so I was too, it was too much of a thing. So I was like, all right, let's do it. Um, and so I've been, I've been here in this capacity now for a year. My main job is, uh, I don't work with necessarily brand ambassadors. My job is to scale things. It's like, we have this product. We need to get it out to the partners in the world. And there's a million of them. How do you do it? And so there's different ways you could do that via email, web, social, in platform. And then some really weird kind of ways. Um, I've worked on everything from like uh, charitable giving, which is like what you see the birthday stuff right. uh, been going well. And Shoot now it. I think that they just put it in the user experience where you can, or user interface. They just recently put it in where I think you can do it just in a post. So you can create a post and then there's no, nothing tethered to it. And this is just my own personal opinions here. I want to make sure that I'm very clear about that. But what I love about social media and specifically about Facebook and Instagram is the utility that can come from things like generating money like having groups where, you know, you can create a face. Like I know somebody, my friend Jessica Lamison, this is a big shout out for her and she deserves it. She's incredible. She started a Facebook group. She utilized the, the, the product of the Facebook group. 
So Facebook groups, like they're kind of different than say a page and there's a different dynamics to that. And she did all the research on that and figured out how to tap into other groups and how to spread her message. And now she created a platform where creatives can come together so they can link up with people who are also trying to build portfolios, all built on the back of Facebook groups. And now it has scaled to a website and it is growing even even bigger. But I mean, just the, the utility from groups alone, and there are a bajillion things, Facebook Marketplace, yep. I would not have been able to pay my rent the first month that I moved to this condo without uh, Facebook Marketplace. I sold like a G of camera equipment in like That's, two weeks. Yeah, and and those are from my neighbors. That yeah. is so cool. Like that's amazing. Yeah, man. And so like, and and imagine like now being able to say like this this shelter was gonna close down, but they raised enough money to rate you know to to uh, pay for their rent or whatever. So it's like, right. I think for Facebook the big call is like people care about things and they want to talk about the things they care about. They engage with those things that they care about. And so Facebook is like the natural place for them to do it. And they were doing it already. And so Facebook's job and the right thing for it to have done is to like say like, people really care about these things. They want to express that. They want to donate to it. We need to help them do that and facilitate that if we really want to be like all about meaningful interactions. And there's nothing more meaningful. There's meaningful things, but there's nothing, there's not many things that are as meaningful as like being able to support the things you care about like deeply. Right. Um, we're working on charitable giving, working on things like blood donations in India. So it's been like a crazy hectic ride. Yeah. Um, definitely have taken like my skills as far as like, you know, different channels that I worked on, like to another level, just because of the scale that we work at and the size that we work at. Yeah, man. So that's what I'm doing now at Facebook. I, I have a team here that I work with. They're really kick-ass and like eclectic backgrounds as well. I would say like anyone who is looking to get to Facebook, there's definitely more clear routes to get to Facebook. But the one thing I will say is that like they're hiring a lot and it's about storytelling. Um, think about what that narrative and story is going to be. And then think about what are the ways that people are going to interpret that story? How are they going to pick up that story? For me, it was LinkedIn was a big one. My resume was a big one as well. Cover letters and then just interviews and like honing that story, like just really crafting that story. And then when yeah. we're done, I'll a bunch of things that I actually use to help craft those stories and like, not only just craft them, but then like catapult them out to get the most amount of people possible to yeah. actually take a look at it. Um, Dude, we're gonna be best friends. I'm gonna make you my best friend after this podcast. We're gonna. It's no, gonna... Man, we're, we're in, man. We're in. So, so if I had to leave creative <laughs> with like a couple of tidbits to think about is yeah, for sure. Especially on the marketing side, but even if you're a creative and you just do your own work, it's like just remember that like you're enthused about your work. Transfer that enthusiasm to the people that you want, your end user, right? Um, and then. Even if you aren't necessarily like a marketer or this and that, like just think about how do I get people excited or how do I get the, like the most important people excited about what I'm doing or how do I get the most amount of people excited uh, as possible as to what I'm doing. For some people, it's like, I love music. I'm going to perform in the subway because I get to have 30,000 30, people listen to my music a day. Right. right. And I get to earn money doing that. Um, Kid the Wiz is one that comes to mind when I think about that, like how he we went from like dancing in the subways in New York to now he's on, now he's on I'm, Ellen. Don Ellen, right? I like, love him, by the way. I'm trying so hard to get him on the podcast. He is my spirit animal. I love that kid. Let's get him on awesome. his wife and his cute baby. Yeah, everything about him, super genuine. And At I mean, Kid the Wiz on Instagram. On the train, got a blue check. You know how many people with a million followers would love a blue check and like aren't verified and Kid the Wiz is verified, right? Ooh, Coming you know, up with- Diddy? Come on. Yeah. Man. I mean, like, it's just, it's just, you know, 
he's doing his art. He's earning a living. He's supporting his family. And he and radiates he, positivity more than anything. That's the biggest thing about him. It's just positive, big smile. Yeah, cold game Kel, him and his deer. The kid from Washington Heights, right? Like who hung out with a deer and <laughs> like killing it, right? Like he's doing really well. So like yeah. um, transfer that enthusiasm and then choose the tactics and be, be a little bit strategic about what tactics you use and what channels you used in order to get that out there. Right, uh, like he chose Instagram as a visual, yeah. Yeah, it could be LinkedIn, social media. It could be a show. It could be whatever it is. But just think about like, how do I impact and get like, and then think about the end result that you want, right? Like, so here's my story. I got this enthusiasm. The end result is I want this. And so like connect those things with things that are out there. And by the way, most of them are free. Yeah. Second is if you're, if you're really trying to uh, like join a bigger company or get a role or something, it's like either prove that you can do it on your own. If you don't have that traditional background that you, you're afraid Prove that you can, and that way, like especially with a startup or something like a startup that may not have that household name. That's like, we've got a year of funding, and they're willing to take a shot on you. It's like, hey, I've done this at at some scale, um, and so like, don't just look at the big companies because like you'll you, they may not get you um, or your skills, but a smaller company may be able to like they may not get you either, but they might, might take a shot. But if you've already done it or you have the idea executed in your head of how you would, um, then please like by all means like do that because it'll put you in a really good position. Like if you're trying to break into like a more traditional role, yeah. um, real recognizes real is the third one, which is look, networking up is great. Definitely do that. Um, network with people who took losses too, right? Like network with people who's like, what did you do? What would you do differently? That's almost even better. Yeah. Like, yeah like I'm things. trying to learn from your mistakes. I'm Dude. hoping that you fucked up along the way. So that way I can figure it out. Like hearing um, that you were broke at 27 warms my soul. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. A, I'm student. Because I'm 27, I feel like I'm like failing. But hearing that, I'm like, I am not alone. No, and, 20, and he's exactly where I want to be. Like, I want to be just like you when I get old. You know. <laughs> oh man, uh, 20. Uh, yeah, in debt, getting nose left and right from mm -hmm. companies. Uh, story not right, making cold calls and trying to figure this whole thing out, man. I mean, I'm was, glad you turned it around. I, I should. Uh, you know, I'm not a piece of shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, but I'm just saying it's good. To, it's good to hear that because I'm like, oh, okay, like I want to work at Facebook one day. He's the global marketing manager at Facebook, and when he was my age, he was in the same exact boat that I am. I love that. That's I like think that's what I want way, from this podcast. Oh, you're way better off, man. Um, and uh, no, network, <laughs> network with those. Hustle with like Issa Rae said, like hustle, um, you know, left and right. Like definitely, like you know, give credit where credit's due. Celebrate others' wins. Um, there's a great book that I read called Never Eat Alone, which is really good about it's a, it's a by an author named Keith Ferrazzi. It's a great book about networking with people. And look, to this day, like I network and talk to a lot of people and think, well, you're so friendly. You like everybody. I was like, actually, I don't. But the people that I talk to, I generally do like they'll have a story. I want to listen to it. But if I don't like like you, like if I really don't F with you, I I just can't. I can't be phony about it. Right. Um, but that just means that I have to meet more people. So that way I can put myself in a position where like I just meet people I genuinely like. And for the most part. People I meet, I have nothing. Like you and I, like I have nothing, right? Like I, I'm, I'm not getting anything, right? Like right, right, right. I generally was like, oh, this guy's like hustling, doing something really special. Real recognizes real. He has a podcast, like he's doing it on his own. That just inspired me. It's like I never want to lose that because I don't want to get comfortable. Yeah, uh, com complacency is, is really is like death. Dude, it's dangerous. It's yeah. so it's so dangerous, especially for people who are creative and don't have networks or nest eggs or trust funds to fall on and shit right, right? like plan b's it's like uh there's a jay-z line from reasonable doubt he says um i'd rather die enormous than live dormant and it's one of my that's favorite how we lines. on it yeah I love that. yeah, yeah. That's how we <laughs> on it. 
Hovito. Oh, Yo, I love Hov. That was my big, my big break. It like I love. I'm a DJ, but I, I came up. I'm a. I came up during Jay Z's prime. Yeah, I love Jay Z. Yo, I'll sell ice in the winter. I'll sell fire in hell. I am a hustler, baby. I'll sell water to a Whoa, well. Wow. Amazing. The Crazy. fact that you knew Dead Presence though, that like that to me, like oh, can I live? Like that to me, like Dead Presence. Uh, the fact that you knew that it tells me everything I need to know, right? <laughs> like, about right. you. But, like the fact is, like complacency is very dangerous, especially for people who are trying to make it, and you've risked everything everything to do what it is that you think you're going to do. Like me, if I didn't put 10 G's down, I'm not saying for anybody to do that shit. That shit was crazy. But if I didn't put 10 G's down, like, I don't know if I would have been as like having panic attacks. Like, you know, yeah, like, I had that with my camera equipment. I put out so much money and then like, I had such a hard time paying it, but I'm such a better photographer because like that pressure, like that feet to the fire, that shit works. But yeah, man, you, you should definitely have that money first. But if you don't have it, yeah. sometimes, you know, bet on yourself. Yeah. Always bet on yourself. That's what I realized too. My my friend Christian would always, he, uh, uh, and Hamlet for this matter, he, they always say like, dude, if you lost 5K right now, what would you, like if, if I assuming I had no job, what would you do? You get on a bicycle and order and like do Uber Eats. Like it's tough, but guess what? You would be able to make your money back. So it's like, think about risk relative, right? Like it's like, if I lost this, it's a lot of money, but can, would I do anything and everything to, to make sure that I'm back to normal? And it's like, yeah, I mean, like, fuck it. I'll deliver food. Like, I'll get it back. So it's like, if you can do that, like, if you can, like, take weekends and get the money back that you've lost or whatever it is that you've lost or the project that you want to work on or invest what you need to work on, and all you got to do is, like, deliver some food or do whatever that's humble or put on a dog costume, then that's the bare minimum. That's not that dangerous. A more practical tip is, like, if you're if you're trying to break into, uh, like, a big company, like, resumes are definitely, like, the big thing, obviously. I would, here's some, like, boring tips. One is, like, you situation. Now I'm the worst at that. That's the one area I lack is, like, the printed resume. Slash... I, will, I, will, I will help you hack it right now in one minute. Ready? Yes, I'm ready. Here we go. Here we go. Now one we're talking. How to hack your resume to get looks. Number, like, before we even start, this is not part of my minute, understand that most big companies use software to filter their resumes because they have so, like, fa there's no way Facebook could look at like every a human could look at every single resume that comes in so number one is that's why i don't apply i talk to people i, and talk then I figure to, out what to do talk to people like at facebook for instance your resume would get a look if you if an internal employee like it, it in. so you already are like be, like bettering your odds right remember like we talked about like the whole 100 yes yeah, yeah you're already bettering your odds by giving it to somebody in the company to give it to you because odds are they're looking for talent that's like the people they hired and they're gonna take a resume from them that Dropbox you're sending it into, it's going to be, you know, you may and not get anyone listening to this podcast, no matter where you are in your journey, you deserve to send it. This is the yeah. biggest shit that I get from people. People DM me and say, I can't do it. Just like you are entitled to have a conversation. If you're not qualified, you're always entitled to have a conversation. When Absolutely. I met with Francis Smith for the first time I ever went to Facebook, I had the worst portfolio ever. And, and like now it's finally coming to a place, but you're always as a human right, you're oh, yeah. always entitled to a conversation. No one is, uh, is better than you just because yeah. of their rank. Like you can have a conversation. I literally said, I want to work at Facebook within the next five to 10 year window. What should I be focusing on? Yeah. Just a yeah. humility to say that. And then, I mean, yeah. And you, you're, you're getting game from, from somebody who's there. Like all this, we're going to do. So, and you eat uh, the food in the cafeteria and you start thinking to yourself, like, yeah, I get used to this shit and being like, yo, I'm, I'm in the door. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here. This is weird. 
that's a part of it. By the way, my first job ever, like uh, after the dog costume, I, I worked at J. Crew like as a contractor. Oh, contracting is also a really great way to enter like into traditional tech startups. Like freelancing, yeah. Yeah, like contract. Yeah, basically, like, they have a contractor role or an agency that works with that company can place you there. That's like a really nice like way to get in. So, all right, like first is like send your resume in. Second is like look for contracting con- contract opportunities because you're basically gonna work there, network with everybody who works there. You're a contractor by name, but you're basically working there. And it's a very easy thing for you to then, it's a lot easier for you to then go to the hiring manager of that group or a different group and then maneuver within the company. People know who you are. They can give you like, you know, recommendations and what stuff. What was that? So, share your enthusiasm? Transfer no. your enthusiasm. Transfer, transfer your, But that's your opportunity. It's all about people. Even businesses, they even like, it's people to people. Try to connect with people who work there. Second is contracting is a, is a great way in. Um, lower bar to entry in terms of like, having to, to like, you know, pop out outside of the crowd because this, this company already has a contract with Facebook and it's, right. it's um, a little bit more practical now and resume stuff. It's, and this, this helps me even with my own personal, like the way I talk situation, action, result, your resume should be in situation, action, result format. What does that mean? Situation. I was every bullet should be the situation I was in or the situation I find myself in now, the action I wanted to take, I took, um, or I'm taking, and then the final result of that action, situation, action, result, it just helps it be very poignant so that if you're creative, because a lot of times creatives have a hard time translating the value they bring. And so you got to put yourself in the minds of an HR. They don't know what the hell you're talking about. So it's like, what is There's the situation? no context. Exactly. No context. There's a situation, the action, and the result. The result should have some impact. I am an artist and I got 300 people to show up. Or I am an artist and I got 50 50 likes on my last, I averaged 50 likes up from 30 likes, right? Because of like, I changed something like just give a, give the reader an impact like that you, that your action has taken and the situation you find yourself in situation, actual results, very powerful thing. I use it even when I'm talking to people, I break it down. Like it's, it, it just helps me format the story. Right. Or even if you wanted to get to that place, you can just say that's where you're going to do. Cause I feel like now I have the metrics to back it up. I could say like there was, I wanted to bridge the gap between entry level creatives and the industry's best. And then before this, I could have said, you know, my intent now is to, that's really yeah. good, man. Cause now yeah. I could actually explain it. Cause you could just say there was this thing, there was this need. I did this need. Then here are some metrics and some numbers, but that's the problem where I get caught up in is that at what point are the metrics valid? You know what I mean? Cause I think what I've done with the, me the creators has been significant. But when you put that on like, on like a resume and like you look at it, it's hard as that person creating that resume to really feel that because it's your truth. So it doesn't seem significant. But sometimes I say, I started this podcast and people are like, holy shit, you talk Dude, to these people. Like it's weird. I, one, like you, what you're doing already is more than like when 99% of, I know people who are here, like I want to start a podcast. I don't know. We even know what to do. And you just like went out and did it. So yeah. don't, don't minimize like your truth to be like, ah, but it's not as big as Freakonomics or Drink Champs or right, like, you right, know, right. right? Like it's stuff not. Stuff you should know. Shout out Stuff You Should Know. I love that podcast. Yeah, that's or like how I, how I built <laughs> or how I started. Like, shout out to Drink Champs. Like that's one of my partners I worked with. DJ okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, um, so don't, don't minimize it. It's like really impactful. <laughs> and everything is, everything is different. Like I ran Facebook campaigns, never at the level that I did now. They just want to know, have you run them? What happened when you ran them? What was your thinking behind it? Yes. What was the impact? Yeah, because I, I had the intent. The intent's all there, but I feel like the numbers aren't there. But maybe that's just bullshit. Maybe that's just like, like self-destructive thing. Yeah, like if you ever asked me, like, did you ever run a fifty thousand dollars campaign before Facebook? I'm like, no. Now I'm dealing with you know numbers that like eclipse that sometimes, right? Like sometimes less than that. So it's like it, the the point is like 
how you structure it just gives them an idea, right? Yeah. It may not, if you're going for VP, then that might be a different story. Like, oh, we want people who do these kind of deals. Like that might be a thing. But it's right, like, no, right, right. I'm, but I'm not I, like that though. I, and I never really, I'm very entrepreneurial, but I'm also not like that. I yeah, feel, yeah. You know what I mean? No, no, I, I feel hundred percent. So sometimes like, I just want to like, a, I just want to be, you know, yeah, senior situation. designer and do my shit and go home. Yeah. But situation action results is a great framework to use. Um, another thing, this is a big tip, big tip for you guys. Like in terms of like, Best clip coming up right here, I can feel it. Here we go. Big tip for you guys. If you're a creative or you're a marketer or you're just, you're, you're, you're having a hard time. You're having a hard time explaining or telling your story and you know, you don't have anybody in the company and you know, you're going to have to drop your, your resume into like a general inbox. Here's what I want you guys to do. Take the job description, copy it. You're then going to open a word cloud platform. You're going to drop the job description inside that word cloud generator. It is going to generate a word cloud for you. And immediately you will know the words that matter to them. They're going to translate everything for you. The verbiage that they use on a daily basis, the words they're looking for you. Wait, this is just based off of the description? Yes. We can literally try this ourselves so you can see it, what I mean. Okay. You take, a, you take a job description. You basically say like, all right, here's a job description. And then bang, the words come out. It could be partner. It could be engaging. It could be partnerships. It could be launching, campaigning. And if you see, your, you said, I started a company and my job was to talk to talent. Well, you see the job description, the words they're using. I use the words launch campaign centered around activating talent. That's what HR put as their job description. That's what you're saying. Same oh, shit. That's good. But this is going to help people. The other thing about it is if you are then kicked into like the software, right, that looks at like your resume, the software is going to pick up on your keywords. This is how you hack your resume. It's going to say, oh, okay, this person has this keyword 10 times, campaigns, launch, talent, partnerships. Your resume may not have any of those things before. And like any density that would have been picked up. And so they would have just kicked you out. Like, no, nah, not ready. Wow, that's awesome. I have met, like, I, I, I can't tell you enough how many times I've had creatives and awesome people that give me a resume. And I know from like my experience with them that they are really good and easily better than people that are in the company. Right. But their story isn't coming out. It's not landing with the reader. And they're not helping it and how they're explaining it. And I've asked them, hey, can you redo this, do this? And they don't do it. And they're like, just submit it the way it is. And then I get that rejection email. Don't get me wrong, by the way. A lot of the people that work at Facebook were all re rejects at first. They were all rejections. Yeah. And at Uber as well. Some of the most talented people Uber had were rejections at first. But I'm trying to help you just like hack the system a little bit. Yeah. Add a little bit of like strategy to it. That word cloud thing is gold. It helps people like translate their value in a way that gets the reader to to get it, to land. You only got a few seconds to make it land as a marketer. When you see a Facebook ad, like you said, the copy's gotta be right, the image's gotta be right. It's gotta right. hit. It's gotta you hit have before. have to give a shit about the details. Yeah, they, it's gotta hit before they even know what's going on, right? Like, right. boom, why am I looking at this? And then, then they take another two seconds to read it, then they go, got it. Same thing with your resume, same thing with your portfolio, they've gotta get it. That's And, and, and again, that's not your story, but it helps just at least like facilitate your story. It's just one tool, right? Of yeah. how we get the story out there. So that's a really simple one that I encourage like any creative and anybody to do. It's a hack, uh, but it works, man. We'll try it ourselves when we get off this, like off the podcast. Like I want you to check it out. <laughs> I think I think you'll really like it. Um, and then the last thing I'll leave you with is uh, 
So this is the story of Zainab Osazen. Zainab is, I'll tell you where she started now, because I think like, just like we started, like, oh, you're here now. Right. Zainab is just accepted an offer with Uber Freight. She's going to be an analyst at Uber Freight, which is Uber's, you know, trucking. It's going to be self-driving trucks at some point. She just accepted That's an offer so there, crazy. working on their team. Um, but what I didn't tell you about Zainab, is, and she rejected offers from some very awesome companies like Lime and, and a couple other rideshare companies. Um, and she rejected those offers to stay with Uber. Zainab Osazen was a brand ambassador of mine who then became a lead, then became a brand ambassador manager, and then started executing events for Uber, like operational stuff. But what if I told you that Zainab, the way she got, the way I met Zainab was she was cleaning my house. Zainab I hired Handy to come clean my house because I was like so fucking busy. And I was getting too crazy. I usually clean my own house. And she came by and she was like, hey. And she was cleaning my house. She was working in, working her way through college. She was older than most college students. And she was a journalism major that wanted to focus on journalism. Had her own like show that she would record with her own hand, handheld camera. Nice. And She's like me. I, yeah, I didn't know her. I didn't know this at the time, but she's cleaning houses to pay for school and like her living and stuff. And I was like, oh, nice to meet you. And she was like, hey, can I ask you a question? I was in Miami, had a really nice apartment. She was like, I clean a lot of houses in this building. It's a nice building. Um, like you're the youngest person. Uh, and at this point I was like, she's the only person of color that like I've cleaned their house. And I was like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I work at Uber. Cheap rent, by the way. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so I was like, thanks, but it's not that much. Um, but it was more that I was just the youngest person that she had met. Right. Uh, and she was like, "Hey, I, 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 I'm in, I'm in journalism. I'd love to get into like marketing kind of stuff." And I was like, "All right, cool, whatever." So I had this open spot on my street team, like one of the street teams that like, just like a regular member of a street team, like handing out flyers. Um, and Zainab worked her way up. She asked, and then she would always ask me. She said, "Hey, is there anything else I could do?" And then she just kept finding areas where there was an opportunity to kind of get in. Mm-hmm. She was like, "I want that guy. To- I'm that guy. I look yeah. for cracks." I go. Yeah, 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 crack. yeah, exactly. She looked for the crack. She was like, hey, I'll help you with that. I can do that. And I would tell her, like, look, if you want to move up, I'm go- I told her straight up. And and honestly, like, another thing is, like, creatives, find mentors or find a board of trustees or board or that basically a group of people that keep you honest. And that might not be your friends. Your friends may actually be the biggest deterrent because they'll tell you everything's okay, everything's fine. And that may not be the truth. Like, the people that tell you this fucking sucks, fix it. Mm-hmm. This is how you would fix it. You're not being strategic. Hey, you told me you'd do that last week. You didn't do it. People who hold you accountable yeah. are sometimes even more valuable. And so I told Zainab, I was like, if you want to move up, you're fine for what you're doing now. But if you want to move up, you're going to hate my guts. I guarantee you're going to hate me. And she was like, it's fine. <laughs> hated my guts. We would spend like, I would be up till midnight, 1 a.m. I just took to like working with her because she took it. It was really tough, but she was like, you know, she was still like sticking with it. And I'm like, all right, right staying on the I'm, staying on the field, right? Staying on the grind, mind you. She's not making. She's making good money. She's making more. She actually left making m- more money as, as a brand ambassador, making commission to like take like an hourly pay to work in the office. Wow. And uh, a big difference, man, from making like a thousand bucks a week handing out flyers in like 17 hours, right, to making like twelve dollars an hour, right, and and with limited hours, and just a lot of grunt work. But she kept learning these skills. Um, and then, like I said, that she worked her way up and now she went to Africa to launch something for Uber. So here she is like, remind, like, mind you, like she is like an, like older than mo- than like most juniors and seniors when I met her at the time in college, doesn't really know what she's going to do. She's by herself. She's cleaning houses to now she just accepted 
like a role, making more money than I made when I started Uber, by the way, um, <laughs> with Uber Freight with this brand new technology. And I think that mirrors like, and I think to this day, I'm still floored by it because she flew out here for an interview for a different company and came to Facebook. And it made me feel great. And I think like get people involved in your story, which is why stories are so important. I love telling Zainab's story more than I like telling my own story. Yeah. Because like there's so many Zainabs that I was able to be a part of their story. I didn't make Marcel Black go out there and fucking hand out flyers like a madman and make money. Right. I'm just one thing in that guy's story of him being an actor and being able to support himself. But I'm so happy that I'm a part of that awesome fucking story. Yeah. Like legacy. One, exactly. Yeah, man. And so Zainab's story is just so powerful to me because like it mirrors like the story that I started with. And if there's anything I want anybody to take away from this podcast, it is this. The one thing I want you guys to take away is this. And thank you, Ricky Jane, for putting me onto this. But he, the one thing I want people to take away is this. The guy who's talking right now, who is the you know, global marketing manager at Facebook, the growth guy at Facebook, all the nonprofit stuff you see, Boss. like part of that, part of that. Thank you for calling me that. <laughs> I appreciate that. But at the end of the day, the guy who's talking considers himself and was and is a guy who dressed up as a fucking dog a few years ago. Dude, oh my God. Mic drop. Mic drop. That's it. That's it. I get it. I see why everyone loves you now. <laughs> it's amazing. Man, Dude, thank I'm so you inspired. For- Where can people find you online? Uh, your Instagram handles and if people want to reach out what's the best place to do that so it's uh, linkedin.com backslash in backslash Dion Baez D-I-O-N B-A-E-Z on Instagram it's D-I-B-A-E-Z D-I boy apple egg zebra so instagram.com backslash D-I-B-A-E-Z feel free to reach out always down to hear some stories collaborate um, yeah awesome. you yeah, were man. as awesome as I said you would be thank you so much man get back to work uh, and we'll definitely be in touch in the near future on it Alright, thanks again. Right, later. Later. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for coming. Thanks for checking out this episode of Meet the Creatives. If you enjoyed it, uh, make sure you add me on Instagram, Meet the Creatives NY, and let me know your thoughts. And make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Alright. Have a wonderful day. Peace.